This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Gama's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877 437 6771. Once again, that's 877 437 6771. And be sure to mention Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Hey, all you powder coating fans. Welcome to our 11th episode of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us. We really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Miller. And with me is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and cohort in all things powder, Nathan. He's Powder Coating Research Group's formulator dude. I came here to chew bubblegum and bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. And I'm all out of bubblegum. We're broadcasting from the Powder Coating Research Group studios in Columbus, Ohio. Let's get it rolling. But before we do, shout out. I'd like to give a hearty shout out to our good friends, Ross and Kim Scott of Maui Powder Works. They've done some highly impressive things with special effects powder coatings. What I feel their coolest product is, are their patina powder coatings. It's a unique technique that mimics the attractive look of a weathered copper patina. You guys should check them out. Their shop is located on Alamaha Street in beautiful Kahului on Maui Island. Ross and Kim are also very avid podcasters. And you can find a link to their Ross Coat podcast at MauiPowderWorks.com. Keep up the good work, my friends, and let's get over to our Guess What segment. Guess What? FinishingAndCoating.com reports that Carl Triano of Trojan Powder Coating received the Architectural Distinguished Service Award, which is given by FGIA, which is the Fenestration and Glazing Industry Alliance, which, as you may have known, replaced what we used to know as AMA, or AAMA. Carl's been a member of this organization for over 15 years, and Trojan Powder Coating they have facilities in New York, Sarasota, and Pompano Beach, Florida. Um, what makes them really unique is they are the only Qualicoat license applicated in the United States. So obviously they do an awful lot of work in the architectural world. Congrats, Carl. Well-deserved. Thanks for making strides in the architectural market with powder coatings. 
Here's one from PPCJ. They report that the British Coatings Federation has partnered with the Surface Coatings Group of the Royal Society of Chemistry to create a national network of ambassadors for the coatings industry delivered by Cogent Skills. Basically, their goal is to equip coatings ambassadors with skills and materials to run sessions at schools and universities to explain the contribution the industry makes to the economy, society, as well as the varied roles and opportunities within it. So they've put together an online forum called the Coatings Careers Hub, which is really pretty pretty interesting. They're trying to address the shortage of skilled staff, aging workforce, and you know try to bring some younger people into the coatings industry. So they've got a website, coatingscareershub.com slash ambassadors, if you want to check that out. It's great stuff. like to see it. And we just got some breaking news from a industry insider. Apparently, the the TGIC supply out of China is pretty tight right now. More than half of the TGIC facilities were closed in June due to new environmental and security regulations mandated by the Chinese government. So at least in the short term, that means that supply is going to be tight pretty much everywhere else, while the Chinese market, you know, gets first crack at the volume that is there. So I guess we'll see how that plays out in the long term. But yeah, right now, TJC is going to be hard to get. Interesting stuff. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. So it's, what gets you mad this week, Joe? What gets me mad? Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what gets me mad. You know, as a small business person, what gets me mad are slow payers. And you know who you are. You know, as a small business person, well, boy, I get a bit riled when customers take the liberty to drag out paying their bills. And, you know, it, it seems that the bigger the company, the longer they think they can take to pay their bills. Now, you and I know that bills come every month and you know the electric company you can't tell them well i think we'll pay you in two or three months uh, because we want to doesn't work that way but anyway it, it gets even worse sometimes you know not only do they demand long payment terms some of them actually have the audacity to take yeah, one or two percent discount for the courtesy of us small business people being their bank for short-term loans the other thing that kills me is some of them come up with these clever payment schemes. Like they tell you, uh, we cut our checks on Thursdays. And what they really do is, yeah, they may print their checks on Thursday. Well, those checks sit on somebody's desk until late Friday afternoon after the, the mail's been collected and therefore doesn't get into the postal system until Monday morning. And there's another one. It just it, it just it slays me. Some of them, they tell you we only pay our bills on the fifth of each month. And I, yeah, I looked that one up. They call it fifth third prox payment. And basically, they they pay the fifth day of the third month after they receive your invoice. Sheesh! Who thinks of this rubbish and why? 
do they really think that holding on to their cash is going to provide some major interest bonanza uh, with current interest rates, at least in the United States, are hovering well under half percent? You know, my experience is that when we work with smaller enterprises, they respect their vendors and they pay within a 30-day window. As for the big guys, hey, shape up. You're killing small businesses. And really, for what gain? All right, powder coating fans. It's time for the Q&A portion of our podcast. You got a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll answer. Powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. Our first question comes from Thuong in Vung Tau City, Vietnam. She says, Dear Joe, I work in R&D at Alphabet Coatings Company, where we produce powder coatings in Vietnam. We've followed you on the web for a long time, and we've found some answers to our errors that we've encountered. We have a lot of questions that we want to ask about a problem applying powder coatings. It's my pleasure if you could reply to my question. This is one of the projects we're doing. We spray powder coatings on bottles for compressed gas. It includes two layers, a high zinc primer layer and a pink top coat layer. We encountered some specific issues like when spraying powder coatings at the customer powder application line, our powder doesn't adhere well to the edges. We've tried several ways to improve application, particle size solutions, anti-faraday additives, but it's still not working. Can you please advise us how to solve this issue? Well, Ms. Fong, I hope you're doing well today. And first of all, I just want to say it's awesome that you guys are manufacturing powder coatings. I've always found it to be interesting work. Um, you know, you mentioned what can be done with the powder coating. And, you know, I think what we first need to do is examine your customer's application system. And here's what I'd recommend they do. And, you know, perhaps some of these things are doing already, but let's go through the list. Number one, always make sure that the hooks... And hangers have a very good ground or earth. Application problems such as Faraday cage penetration and poor coverage on edges can often be traced to a poor ground on the parts. Clean hooks are essential and the contact to earth should be regularly monitored. The way you can do this is using a device called a meg meter. Connect your meg-ohm meter to the part and to a good known ground. It should read less than 500 ohms and, and really preferably less than 250 ohms. If the resistance is too high, the contact points should be inspected carefully and cleaned or corrected. Okay, number two. The spray guns that your customer need to be maintained regularly and I'm, I'm saying usually once a week is good. They should be checked to make sure they're charging correctly and that there's no excessive wear on internal parts. Number three, be very careful with the percentage of reclaim overspray that's mixed with the virgin powder. Make sure that the customer never sprays 100% reclaim. A good rule is to keep the reclaim concentration at 20% or lower of the powder that you're spraying 
on the parts. Here's another idea. If you can, I would recommend that the gas tanks be sprayed while they're still warm. This is especially helpful when applying the pink top coat. Warm parts provide better transfer efficiency. It's also wise to spray the difficult to reach areas first in the application process. Otherwise, the powder builds on the easy to spray areas and makes it more difficult to reach the Faraday cage areas and the edges. If possible, the manual touch-up should be at the beginning of the application process to ensure best coverage. Here's another idea. I would investigate the use of a non-zinc primer to see if the electrostatics are better for your pink top coat. Zinc-rich primers are difficult to handle and sometimes exhibit unpredictable electrostatics. Now getting back to the powder coating itself, as you point out, particle size distribution is very important, but it really sounds like you've explored this already. Um, just, just to reiterate, I would target a median particle size of about 35 to 38 microns and ensure that the fines, these are less than 10 micron particles, are less than 8% of your powder coating. Regarding anti-Faraday electrostatic agents in the formulation, um, my experience basically has been they usually don't correct problems like this. That said, it would be interesting to compare uh, a polyester HAA powder versus a polyester TGIC powder as the pink top coat. Experience has shown that polyester HAA powders usually have better transfer efficiency. I hope these recommendations help you solve your problems, and please let me know if you have any further questions. Kindest regards, Mr. Joe Powder. And now, a word from our sponsor. Synchronized monitoring and control of your entire automated process is the core of GAMA's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems. With options like line management, offering deeper insight into productivity and consumption, or energy management, allowing you to monitor and save both energy and air consumption, or batch management, offering tracking of powder used to coat production batches. GAMA provides the very best in technology and connectivity for smarter factory automation. To learn more about GAMA's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems, visit completeitwithgamma.com. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA. Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation, formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. Find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com, or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. Our next question comes from Philip Lazzarino in Bolton, Ontario. He says, Dear Joe, my company is a leading shopping cart manufacturer. I just read your July 2016 article comparing HAA and TGIC powders, and I found it very interesting. 
We currently have several customers in Florida, and I found your reference to the powder's performance in South Florida very intriguing. Specifically, the ability to have a coating that will provide corrosion protection for up to five years. We currently manufacture our carts in China and use a large global powder supplier, and I want to provide direction to their China office to source the powder as you outlined. Can you share exactly what I should be asking for? Also, if you can provide any further guidance, it would be much appreciated. Cheers. Hi, Philip. Uh, Thanks for reading my stuff. Achieving durability, and when I say durability, I mean um, not just UV durability, but corrosion resistance, in South Florida requires a number of planets to be in alignment. Certainly, the powder coating formula is the primary determinant However, a number of other factors are critical in achieving long-term durability. The powder coating resin provides a UV durability that resists the fading, gloss loss, and chalking. The pigments do as well. But, just as important, the quality of the metal, and specifically the metal cleaning pretreatment process, are essential to ensure your target of five years durability. Other critical factors are film thickness control and ensuring adequate curing conditions. This would be time and temperature uh, in the oven. All surfaces must be completely covered and cured properly. So here's what I would suggest. Talk to your powder coating supplier and explain your expectations for coating performance. They should offer an exterior durable product that conforms to an architectural specification like AMA 2604. You also have to make sure that you have the proper metal pretreatment and that you keep it in control. So talk to your metal cleaning pretreatment supplier uh, and, and make sure that they're doing the right job and make sure that your applicator is as well. I think you know maybe the best path forward is to create a comprehensive coating specification that details what the expected performance is, what types of performance features, UV, corrosion resistance, and what other durability requirements you may have. Um, this would be an essential um, building block in getting the durability that you're looking for. On a business standpoint, Uh, Our company, the Powder Coating Research Group, we do help businesses write proper specifications for their coating suppliers. Uh, So if you need our help, give us a holler. I hope this helps, and let me know if you have any further questions. Best regards, Joe. We've been kind of glossing over the upcoming events the last few episodes because everything this year was basically canceled. But we do have... a couple of things to mention here hey friends where are we going to an upcoming event the coatings trends and technology coming up september 9th and 10th and that's going to be all virtual all online so if you're interested in new trends and technology that's uh that's a good one to check out there's new information the european coding show 2021 is actually going to take place now they've done a lot of Exchanges with exhibitors, talking to all the stakeholders, and 
basically came up with a detailed hygiene concept. So they're going to have safety precautions in place for the European coding show, which is going to take place March 23rd through 25th, 2021. The associated conference will take place March 22nd and 23rd. The call for papers is already open, and you can find details about that at european-codings-show.com. Okay, powder coating fans, tune in next time when we answer your toughest issues, problems, dilemmas, maybe even your conundrums in powder coating technology. You can find the Ask Joe Powder column in PCT, which is Powder Coated Tough Magazine, a publication by the Powder Coating Institute. Um, you can also find it in PPCJ, which is Polymers Paint Color Journal. It's also in the Finishing Flash section that you can find at Paint and Coatings Industry Magazine. Uh, their website is PCIMag.com. You can find us online at askjoepowder.com. If you want to be the first to know when a new episode comes out, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you get your podcasts. We have a new YouTube channel. We'll be posting videos from our interviews and probably some instructional stuff in the future. You can follow us on Twitter. It's aka Joe Powder. If you have a question for Joe Powder, or if you want to tell him how wrong he was about one of his answers, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com, or you can call and leave a message, country code 1-478-2-ASK-JOE. That's 1-478-227-5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. Our original music, editing, stingers, and sound effects are all by Nick Page. Thanks for listening. The princess is in another castle. Keep your powder dry. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gamer. Gamma's Optistar all-in-one control unit leads the industry with a design fusing electrostatics and powder feed in one compact device. By combining the powder injector and control unit functionality into one device, you get the highest coating efficiency, fastest response times of powder output, and excellent cleaning performance. For more information about the Optistar all-in-one, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 877- Four three seven six seven seven one, and be sure to mention "Ask Joe sent me." When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. I think some people call Meg, Megome, I am Megomers, Yosemite. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What the hell am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Joe Powder lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down. 
with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. <laughs> hey, calm down. <laughs> uh, it's from an amazing video game. My trap. That needs a sequel badly. I hate to tell you about Valve and things with the numbers. I was going to say, Gabe, Gabe Newell can't count to three. 